Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about, well, everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. Loki Season 2 promised to bend minds with the god of mischief doing his best to save all of time and reality. Would he succeed? Would he who remains prevail in preserving the sacred timeline? Would Sylvie stick with that 80s mullet for the entire season? Would Mobius finally get a second slice of pie? So many questions, but the only one really worth asking is... Who's going to walk away with this bottle of bourbon for our preseason predictions? We'll run it all down in this episode 146 of Loki Season 2, Rior Jabroni Returns. I am your Uncle Todd, and with me, as always, is the man who has been working to control his own time slippage for the sole purpose of eating his favorite steak of all time over and over again. He has been my partner in EDC for over two decades and has enough red meat lodged in his colon to build a wildebeest from scratch. I give you the man they call Tim. I am Tim of Chicago, and I am burdened with glorious and idiotic purpose. (laughs) And that purpose, apparently, is to consume all of the red meat east of the Mississippi. And deviled eggs. Because cholesterol apparently doesn't exist anymore, ladies and gentlemen. The man lives on a diet of steak, eggs, and mayonnaise. Oh, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. And yet his doctor is like, I know, fine. Go fine. He's... Hey, the blood work comes back clean, baby. <laughs> the guy, the guy has has stock in a cattle farm. That's the reason why all of his uh, patients are on this diet. <laughs> he also has a meat market uh, right outside. It's like it's like you have to leave through the gift shop at like when you're in amusement parks. Here, you have to walk through a you have to walk past a counter with like tomahawk steaks, ribeyes, sirloins. I would explain when I leave why uh, I'm usually picking up, uh, you know, some cold cuts on my way out. You know what I mean? <laughs> Got to get the cold cuts. Cold cold cuts for a person such as you of your stature? I can't oh, picture yeah. you. Cheeses and meats, of course. Can't picture you stopping and be like, yeah, I give you a half a pound of bologna. No, not the bologna. You usually get the, uh, a little turkey, a little roast beef, you know, some I American can, cheese. I cannot remember the last time I had bologna. I and think I'm it was, that might uh, be a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I think it was probably back in the old elementary school days, my friend. Oh no, it's after that. Oh no, is is there's definitely been some random times when someone's like, I all we have is the stuff that comes in this in this clear and yellow package, <laughs> and you all know what that is. I remember. So, like, we never had bologna a lot in the house. You know, my, uh-huh. my mom always bought like ham or turkey or whatever. I went over to a friend's house one time and I tried and it was like I think it was like my first time having bologna and it tasted amazing to me. I was just like, wow, what is this thing? I was waiting for you to be like, peasants, get this get this gruel away from me. Why are you no, trying to kill me? The story gets better. So my my friend's like, Oh, let's have a cut, you know, here, you know, a little snack, have a couple slices of bologna. Well, of course, after I have it, I'm like, Oh, can I have another? Can I have another? Can I have another? I think we damn near ate the whole thing of bologna between the two of us. 
And I'm like, I think that was like meant for his lunch for like the week or something like that. So I'm like surprised I even got invited back after that whole fiasco. <laughs> and your sodium level was somewhere around 8,000. <laughs> And now the genesis of my heart issues <laughs> is uncovered. So dehydrated. Tim didn't pee for a week. <laughs> just just nothing but salt. Just vaguely, vaguely soluble in his veins just oh, coursing through him. Man. That nitrates. That was the only thing that saved you. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. There, there was a between that and all the Pepsi and Coke I used to, you know, drink when I was a kid. I'm like, how, how am I not like even further messed up than I already am? Yeah, that's a good question. But all I know is we've been talking now for three minutes and we're we're already gloriously off track, which is wonderful. Uh, how are you doing, sir? Let's start with that. I'm well. I'm doing well. Uh, feeling good. Living the dream. You know, having my uh, you know weekly allotment of steaks, deviled eggs, and uh, Brussels sprouts every weekend at the local restaurants we like to frequent I'm, I'm doing well i'm feeling good with the way you described how your weeks have been going i'm, I'm picturing you just pulling a full-on ron swanson going in and be like i want you to bring me all the steaks and the deviled eggs that you have no no i'm afraid you don't understand me when i say all the steaks and the deviled eggs that you have i mean all <laughs> please and thank you that's right that's right oh my gosh uh, hey, although our favorite eating place uh, had uh, a, the tomahawk steak back at a gloriously priced $200, uh, which I did not go. It was a 40-ouncer. And I'm just like, I don't know if I want to throw that kind of coin down on on just a single single helping of meats. You know what I mean? Oh, you definitely thought about it. I thought about it, but I didn't want to do it. <laughs> and it was funny because... The thing is, my, it was because you were with your wife. Had you been on, had you been on a business trip and you could have somewhere you could have buried that in an expense report somewhere oh done and done and i had a fridge in the room because i got to make sure you, you know there's no way i'm eating oh, that whole thing. You, oh there is oh are you kidding i barely put away the 36 ounce or i'm not going to go another four ounces you and just, like, oh you just need to learn how to eat through the pain sir that's your problem <laughs> We need to get what, you. What was that John Candy movie where it was him and Dan Aykroyd? <laughs> the great and Outdoors. The Great Outdoors. It was like, what is it, the old 96 or something? Yes. Like <laughs> yes. And he, and at the very end, Aykroyd's like, uh, if, I, uh, if I get a couple desserts down him, you get a couple free t shirts for the kids. <laughs> Because he hasn't, fin- you're like they're telling him he's like he hasn't finished. All this is all that's left is gristling fat. That's right. That's right. Oh my gosh, that's hysterical. <laughs> oh yeah, that's me. That's all me. right. We we need to get this. We need to get somewhat on track here, sir. We all we right. do. I, I know that. I know that we're very on brand for just sidetracking endlessly until we just. One of us is about ready to pass out, but we need to get. We need to. Uh, we need to be <sighs> professional here. We do. Professional. Professional, ladies and gentlemen. That is what we are. All right. Uh, Do you want to lead us off? Well, I mean, first of all, we need to get into your portion of the show, sir. So if anything, I'm going to lead you off to lead you off. And I'm good. You're leading me off to lead you off. We'll usually do the intro into the Week in Geek. I'll take care of it. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) the greatest segment of this show, the Week in Geek. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, that's just like. Tailor made. <laughs> Tailor made for that quote. <laughs> yeah. The week in the geek. 
feels so funky. Oh, all right, all so right. what do we got this week, sir? Let's jump into it. Well, it's it's been a you know we 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 kind of jumped right into it, but it's been a bit. It's 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 been a moment or two or or five or ten. Don't call it a comeback. Uh, I think it's been like over a month or so since we've uh, last uh, recorded, and uh, since in in that time, uh, jumping into the fantasy gridiron, oh, my fantasy gosh. team. Uh, here we are in week eleven. Week eleven, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, four wins, five losses, one tie. Uh, I am on the uh, fast mm-hmm. road to a win uh, this week. Once again, would bring me up to five, five, and one. Hmm. And and what would we call that? We would call that a curse, a hex, <laughs> some sort of diabolical <laughs> chicanery by Uncle Todd. I, am, uh, I have four more games to break away from this 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 hell that he has somehow cast my team into, where it's win one, lose. I mean, literally, I'm looking at this: loss, win, loss, win, loss, tie, win, loss, win, loss. What can I say? It's tough being this good. (laughs) The reps in fantasy football. You are delusional, sir. Have some more of your your expensive bourbon there. I will. I'm having some Maker's Mark private selection. I know. Of course you are, because you're that. The man they called him. Well, anyways, uh, yeah, so team is, uh, you know, hanging in there. Lamar Jackson has been solid. Uh, Debo was out for a little bit. Hey, this week, posting eight points. Dicker the kicker, ladies and gentlemen. My other kicker was on the was was on bye this week, so I had a had a call up, had a tap in uh, Dicker, and he has uh, taken care of business. Eight fantasy points, respectable, respectable. That's a that's a kicker right in the dicker. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be that way if I'm still 500 at the end of the season, or for you if not. So honestly, I I think that would be the good. That's a that's a good uh, name for your team next year. <laughs> What, what the dicker kicker? Yes. <laughs> Good lord, that's Anywho. a kicker right in the dicker right there, buddy. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, anyways, that is uh, tales from the fantasy oh, I, Wow, I love how, how when you're hovering around 500, this gets real brief. I well, love it. There's nothing. I, I've stated what I needed to say. My team is winning. It's uh, projected to win 164, 152 today, and uh, I got a running back, a wide receiver, and the Kansas City defense running for me here. So. I'm feeling confident on my prospects of uh, walking away with a W. You are worse than Hulk Hogan. All right, moving right along. Thank you, Sheehy. Uh, moving right along, uh, Dune Two, which uh, oh, we yes. we are all in on Dune. We, we oh. were both very uh, very happy with with the the first outing and waiting for that uh, sequel to come out. And uh, of course, with the uh, st- with the writers and actors strike over the course of this summer, uh, all things were put on hold uh, related to entertainment and otherwise. And it looks like uh, for Dune uh, Two, it'll be coming out in March of twenty twenty four, sir. Nesha, uh, you looking forward to that? Are you are you still amped up on the uh, you know just the the excitement, the juices of the Dune? Uh, the juices. I mean, I, the whole point is that there's there aren't any juices. That's the whole point of Dune. Arrakis is dry. Well, dry as an overcooked piece of white toast. Okay. Um, I actually rewatched. The first half of Dune a couple weeks ago or Mm -hmm. something and was kind of surprised at just how much I enjoyed, enjoyed just the spectacle of it. Yeah. Just how, yep, and the lights have gone off early. (laughs) 
Turn out the lights. The party's over. <laughs> the Reverend Slick used to sing that from ringside, maybe. <laughs> we are approximately 12 minutes in, and the lights are already off in the basement. <laughs> and and your, your family's sending a message tonight. <laughs> so stay down there. Pretty much. <laughs> um, but I just, I, I was kind of surprised uh, how much I just enjoyed watching the spectacle of it. Like, hmm. it's just a very beautiful movie to watch yeah i felt like the pacing is it really takes its time mm-hmm. even in action sequences like it does not feel like boom 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 cuts like it it just feels i don't know how else to how to like a lush yeah like it's almost in a in a way kind of um luxurious like oh my god you didn't have to take that much time for that shot and yet you did um, it so reminds I, me a I lot of Star Wars. It, it, it reminds me a lot of Star uh, Wars and the different planets that they would go to. Because I, I feel like Dennis uh, Villanueva had, um, I think it's Villanue. Villanue created yes. um, just these very rich visuals. You know what I mean? And 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 really just did a great job world building, like you said. I mean, it, it's it's you know where where i mean i don't remember all the planet names but when you talk about like house harkonnen where they're at when you when you look at house atreides where they're at um you know there's arrakis is you know arrakis um there there's just a feel and a texture to it that feels very rich and very vivid and i just remember you know at least that that was something that struck me with star wars is like all the settings in Star Wars were places that I thought would be kind of cool places to to, to be, to, you know, mm. Cloud City or, you know, um, Hoth or Tatooine or, you know, they, they just felt like fantasy worlds that mm. would be cool to visit. And so to your point, I, I agree with you. I, I, I thought that was one of the things they did extraordinarily well was just how visually you know, just uh, rich it was and, and, and how vivid it was. And, and it lent itself to building a very rich story that was that first movie. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I've, I've watched uh, the trailer for the second edition here a couple times and yeah, it, it just, it does. It just looks like it's going to be epic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can't wait. And I love how um, Stellan Skarsgård, who I believe was, uh, I believe he, he was also in, um, not Rogue One, in Andor, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, plays an amazing Baron. You know, oh, like yeah. he, he was just phenomenal. Like he doesn't say much in that movie, to be honest. Like, like when, when I've gone back and looked at some of the clips on YouTube from his high points in the movie, he doesn't say a whole lot. He doesn't have a lot of screen time, but when he's there, oh my gosh, is it like, impactful you know and yeah and and he makes a statement in very very uh you know uh impactful and i don't want to say in small ways but for for the little bit he's given it's it's really outsized what what the impact is from it yes which i i feel is is a team effort i mean yeah. i mean stellan is, is one of those is one of those actors who he can be he can chew the scenery around you with like two lines yeah. And a look, you know, he, he can just do that. Like he's he in a way he's sort of um, who else would I describe that way? So sort of like a Willem Dafoe, like the dude is just kind of interesting to look at. Yeah. Just yeah. interesting on screen where you're like, what is this cat going to do next? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he's just kind of uh, something a little little dangerous, a little odd about this guy. Yeah. Um, 
And yep. so, yeah, if his he obviously obviously has brought his portion to it. But I feel like the direction, even the way that the the production design has has the costuming and the the way that they've shot him and the, the just the everything about that character is so fully formed. And that's what is missing in a lot of movies is and and you could even say in you know we're going to be talking about marvel later there there's been a lot of misses in in terms of marvel characters because it feels very much like they're missing some aspect of this yeah uh and yep. or some aspect is, is getting shortchanged and they you know not in not in dune uh it feels like everybody kind of gets their time to shine and really gets the full treatment yeah you know yeah um What's I going to say? Oh, loved uh, Dave Batista as uh, Glaucio mm. Robin Harkonnen, and uh, especially the, you know the scene where he comes in and and I think it's after House Atreides takes over uh, Arrakis, and any uh, you know one of the things I loved about Batista when he was in in, in wrestling too, he he can be very soft spoken, and then on a dime can turn it into like massive intensity. You know, he's yeah. like, and I forget the exact line, but he walks in and he. And, and he, uh, you know, says, says to the Baron, he's like, how, you know, how can these people take what is rightfully ours, you know, or something like, like he goes into like a real like rage, you know? And I mean, mm-hmm. it's just like, oh God, he, he, he was great. He was great. I, yeah. I'm excited to see what they do with him in the next one too. Cause he, uh, I, I think he gets into little fisticuffs with, uh, doesn't he? With, I would uh, imagine, yeah. Paul Atreides, I would imagine. So, uh, and then of course, uh, the world's greatest name, Duncan Idaho. <laughs> such a bizarre thing man like i've <laughs> i have i've read the book i've seen the first half of this movie i have not seen the the old school version of this movie mm-hmm. i'm just i'm i'm like okay what i mean whatever i guess yeah. you know yeah um <laughs> so funny actually quick plug jason momoa snl this past weekend oh, a yeah? couple of the sketches on that show were hysterical oh that dude's got good comedic timing oh, and he's he is show- He's such a laid back cat. I mean, you could almost see like he'd be like, "Yeah, sure, I'm up for whatever." Yeah, you they know? they they did like a um, bouncer outside of a nightclub sketch with him and this uh, this uh, I forget his name, Marcel something or other. I forget his name. I, I mean, he's so funny though, and and they were both doing kind of the latino you know accent of you know what they were doing with with letting people in or keeping them out and stuff and i mean to, to your point his comedic timing was amazing was oh, yeah. absolutely like like the whole premise was marcel was telling his character to let people down easy if if we're not going to let them in and he literally sets up like this stupid story uh you know like there, there's a gal and he's like saying you know it's like a uh uh you know when you see a bluebird and it's very pretty and then he all of a sudden he's like you're a very ugly person <laughs> I mean, and the timing was excellent. And then, and then, and then Marcel's character is just like yelling at him, like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, it was so funny. <laughs> so anyway, sorry, we got on SNL from uh, Dune here, but, uh, well, but I mean, but that, that there is a, there is a degree of that cast of that full commitment. Yes. That goes with comedy, but it also, I mean, it goes with any kind of, any kind of acting. Like you're, you're only going to be as yeah. good as, as much as you're willing to commit to the character now yeah. some people go a little bit far um i've i read something the other day about how uh, apparently aaron eckhart is not fun to work with because he's a method dude oh and of course uh daniel day lewis infamous for being method and staying in character and all this i've and but i i always go back to um oh my gosh i can't remember it was uh it was sir lawrence olivier 
was working with someone who was a method actor and I was a fairly big name and was going through all, you know, the method actors going through all this torture and all this. And Lawrence Olivia is like, my dear boy, have you ever considered acting? <laughs> like literally just pretend to be that person instead yeah. of this whole, like, yeah. I need to inhabit them. Like, you're, you're working way too hard. You yeah. Know? Like yeah. just pretend you're the person and then shut it off and go home. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to wear the same underwear for like six weeks while you're filming because you know, that's what they would have done in 1843 or whatever. Like, right? No, yeah. no, you can you can pretend and then go home. It's okay. That's funny. Anyways, yeah, we're way off course, but yeah, Dune Two. I'm I am bullish. I am All bullish. Right. I am I buying am what they're selling. I'm looking forward to it. Although I got to go to a theater with some comfy seats because I got to tell you, when we saw Dune One. Uh, we went to this favorite movie theater of ours, and and they have since gone and done a like a rehab of the place. They've they've been kind of re- you know fixing up their their theaters, and the chairs they have now are just wonderful. So, oh, they uh, go like full on recliner stadium seating. Yeah, they, I mean they they were kind of like that before, but they had just there was I think it was just so much wear and tear that like sitting yeah. for the like the two and a half three hours that that movie was like I was just. I needed to stand up at one point. I was just like, I, I can't sit that long in, in a chair that uncomfortable, you know, but now yeah. we, we've been back since they did the rehab and it's actually, uh, it's much more tolerable. So I'm looking forward to that. And that's a one thing, like I, uh, I've been to maybe, no, one, one time since uh, the, since the theater that has been closest to me went all recliners all stadium seating all that and i went to one movie theater that did not have that mm-hmm. and even though the seats were nice i was like man yeah this is substandard yeah, yeah. you know and it's in it, and i mean think back to like what movies were when we were you know growing up if totally different but then again then think compare that to like what the old movie houses were with like balconies and yeah these rich decorations and the, the whole thing was an experience you like remember the strand oh yeah it was gorgeous i love that place even that though place it was, like, was phenomenal down even then didn't have any recliners you know like like nope. we just made it work you know no but but this is the thing of of the movie industry and and to some degree the the folks who are like no no it must be the, the it's a theater you must go and experience it's like dude then give me an experience commensurate with what i am paying for like i get i'm getting the spectacle but there's way too many theaters where the projector has not been tuned in a while the sound mm. can be a little janky or even that you're hearing this in the quiet part of your movie you're hearing the loud part of the movie next door or or the seats aren't quite good or the, the place just hasn't been cleaned or there's a weird smell or you have people like making an ass out of themselves during the flick that you're paying the money for it's like if you really want this to be this elevated experience and that we should all do it because this is the way it ought to be like, well then get your crap in order, man. Right. Like start paying people a decent wage so that we get, you know, you get people like who actually are getting paid enough to actually care about these jobs. Yeah. And you know, and get somebody to be like, come in there and be like, no, you're being a tool bag. You're done. Yeah. Give me a bouncer at the movie. I don't. I don't want a friggin' usher now. I want like a bouncer. Like, no, no, sorry, Sparky. That's twice we had to tell you to turn off your phone. You're done. Yeah. You know. See ya. Anyways, that's my little rant. Let me step off my extraordinarily small soapbox. All right. <laughs>
Well, hey, we're going to move on from the movie houses to the TV in your house because we got some good news about Mando Season 4. Yes. It's ramping up, baby. It isn't going away. People thought we saw the swan song. It was going to disappear. Heck no. And who is the harbinger of this? None other than Starbuck herself, Bo-Katan. Yep. Katie Sackhoff. I'm telling you. Posting a picture on, uh, I think it's on the Instagram, or maybe that was, uh, is, there, is that Twitter? I don't know. I, I'm not really one to give Twitter much uh, love these days. Gee, I wonder why. But nonetheless. Uh, is it all of the stupidity or the just out and out like uh, hate speech? I don't know. Take well, your pick. You know. Why not both? You know? Take a pick. Take a pic. But no, she posted a picture with uh, her baby. And uh, what was interesting about the picture was the fact that she was wearing the Bo-Katan, uh, you know, kind of headpiece and and had the hair and everything. Uh, also, uh, in this article, so sorry, I, I didn't quote the last article. That was uh, the Dune article came from uh, avclub.com. This one is from starwarsnewsnet.com, uh, purveyors of all Star Wars and galactic news. Uh, <laughs> Brendan Wayne, who apparently is one of the two stunt doubles who plays uh, the, the titular character of The Mandalorian, um, basically uh, bringing up the fact that they are ramping up and getting ready to go now that the strike is over. Uh, so uh, there is some confirmation there that filming is uh, afoot. And we, uh, we don't have a date uh, for when it will come out, but hopefully uh, we're looking at some time in the uh, you know mid 2024 range would be nice. Um, but it, actually, at the end of this article it says, uh, uh, yeah, no release window has been announced. We expect it to roll around uh, some point in 2025. So I yeah. apparently spoke too soon. Well, I mean, if they're just getting, yeah, if they're just getting into shooting now. Yeah, that's going to be a while. Yeah. Now, one of the rumors that was going around was that Pedro Pascal was not going to be um, in season four at all. Apparently, according to this article, he was uh, barely present for season three with the stunt doubles doing most of the actual acting and him doing most of the voiceover work for Mando um, because of his filming schedule with The Last of Us. And uh, going into this, uh, it may be a similar situation where he may not be on set, but uh, we'll still uh, this this uh, stunt double confirmed that he will uh, definitely be involved. So whatever rumors you're hearing about him not being a part of it are false. So uh, do not buy into that and uh, do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Mando season four is coming and uh, we are rejoicing in that news. Indeed. All right, finally, uh, to wrap up this week in Geek, uh, and actually, you know, kind of leads nicely into the main event that we're going to be talking about soon. Uh, but a Loki producer clears up rumors about Jonathan Major's return as Kang. Seems like every week we're getting a new rumor, a new tidbit of information that uh, Jonathan Majors is out of here and we got some sort of new villain that's going to take his place uh, but nonetheless uh, the confirmation from Loki executive producer Kevin Kevin Wright uh, affirmed uh, Marvel Studios commitment to Jonathan Majors portrayal of Kang in the series uh, we only got two variants uh, which is a real and jabroni question we will adjudicate momentarily uh, where we had vo- both Victor Timely and He Who Remains those were the only two variants that we got in the uh, season uh, and that made sense given the story that was being told Um, but nonetheless um, 
There are still rumors, uh, mostly because screenwriter Jeff Loveness, who was working on Kang Dynasty, the next Avengers movie, has apparently uh, taken a step back and is not affiliated with the project any longer, that there are rumblings. He gone, but we don't know. We don't know for sure. So we we, we have uh, some confirmation based on his use in the TV series. But uh, given the legal issues going on, I think that will dictate whether or not Kang or some other villain will end up being the villain, the antagonist that the Avengers, whatever form, shape they take, will have to take down. What are your thoughts on this, sir? I think that they're getting I think they're just they're biding their time. They're they're doing the anti-DC. Um, they're going to do a reset. Yep. Jonathan Majors, because so far, and I have not been following this case with any sort of, I can't get this microphone positioned the way that I want to. I have not been following this case with any kind of regularity or, or you know, having a magnifying glass to the details. It just seems like every time I tune in and, and catch a little something, something, it just doesn't look good mm. for for Jonathan Majors. Um, no. There's always like, oh, well, no, there's video. And then it's like, no, and that video doesn't look good for you. Oh, crap. <laughs> but I think that in a way, you know, for and, and some fo- folks have taken Marvel to task a little bit for it of like, well, what are you what are you still doing with this cat who obviously doesn't seem like he's that nice of a human being? They're doing the anti-DC instead of going, oh, yeah, the, the next thing this is going to have nothing to do with what's coming afterwards. Yeah. I, they This was already in the can. Like, they had already shot this. Unless they want to go back and completely recast Jonathan Majors and somehow massage the story with reshoots, you're, you're stuck with him for this season. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, Ant-Man and this... Which also makes you wonder, like, did maybe they rush Ant-Man to get out ahead of this and also then just Loki season two. And now we're going to quietly just move in a different direction. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's what I think. I, and I think if they were never going to part with him before the end of Loki season two. Yeah. Or they're never going to they're not going to part with him until it becomes a point where it's like, OK, it's now economical and makes sense for us to be able to reshoot and or rewrite what we've got. Yeah. And as soon as that point hits, I expect his ass to be canned mm. <laughs> and bounced out onto the sidewalk. Yeah. I just think that's the that's that's the way it'll go. Um, yeah. But obviously, you know, Marvel ca- has been able to make some decent decisions, so that's why I think that's where I think we're heading. Yeah. You know. Um but I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Seems like a good actor, but not a very good human being. Yeah, it's an unfortunate situation. It's an unfortunate situation, and you know we we've talked about this a little bit too. There, there, uh, you know, if, if we apply a wrestler lens to this, a wrestling lens to this, the the booking of Kang as a uh, you know viable villain has been has been somewhat questionable, uh, yeah. especially given the Ant Man Quantum Mania fiasco that that took place where. You essentially jobbed him out and, uh, you know, it, it just doesn't set a very good precedent for kind of the big bad of this this overall phase. So 
I don't know. We'll we'll get into it when we start talking about Loki season two here, because you know one has to question: was there a bit of a, a a opening here to kind of reset things with who that big bad might be? Because, uh, well, based on some decisions Loki made, Kang may not have much. Uh, Kang may not have a fang in time anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> See what I yeah, did there? yeah, and uh, and uh, I don't know if that was necessarily a choice to. Well, then again, I don't know. Maybe there was some sort of reshoot to make that for the season finale. Um, mm. We will discuss it because I've got thoughts and feelings about it. But uh, I think you make an interesting point. Interesting. All right. Well, we'll find out. And believe you me, when we come back with our next Week in Geek, I'm sure we'll have another rumor to uh, put forth on what exactly is going to happen in this Phase 5 fiasco. It's going to be Mephisto. What's that? It's going to be Mephisto. Ah, there we go. That's what I like to hear. Well, (laughs) on that note, and uh, Mephisto, he could be anywhere. This, my friends, is your Week in Geek. As a matter of fact, Mephisto is creeping up behind me in the darkness. <laughs> I was right going to say you're 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 kind of well positioned for him to make a you know an appearance of some kind. <laughs> All right, now is your main event. So, <laughs> Uncle yeah. Todd uh, is the prior victor from the Ahsoka reel in Jabroni, so we will uh-huh. see if he can go two for two uh, in in the last two contests here. But uh, before we jump into uh, all the adjudication, revelry, and uh, bourbon spending that will happen, mm-hmm. uh, sir, your thoughts on Loki season two? Were were you surprised? Were you um, like 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 what did you think? What, did you did you enjoy the story? Did did you like how it resolved? Did you uh, did it engage you the way that you were hoping? I gotta say, I I it. <sighs> I feel like this is one of those wrestling matches that we have talked about so many times that many of our listeners wish we probably didn't, where the end of the match feels like it invalidates everything else. You know, mm-hmm. I enjoyed the, the the story, the twists and the turns. Um, what was it like episode four where, you know, that was like when, oh my gosh, everything is ending. And I'm just like, yeah. and this is the end of what? Yeah. So it, it had me there a lot and I thought they, they took some interesting chances and man, it, the ending is just, I felt lacking is not even the right term. Wow. You didn't like the ending? I did not like the ending. I oh. felt extremely unsatisfied by this ending. Let us debate. I, I felt like it's it's like one of those deals where like where the hell did all of this come from all of a sudden like you couldn't deus the ex machina much harder than this hey, you know do ex machina man <laughs> well have whatever you pronounce it your way I'll pronounce it my way mine sounds cooler anyways um but uh little snug um, little snug Duke's ex machina <laughs> but uh. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I got to say, like, up 80, 96.8% of the series, yeah, great. And then we get to that final wrap-up, and I'm like, eh. Okay. That's literally how I felt. It ended, and I'm like, well, is there a post credit scene that ends? Nope, there isn't. Okay, so this is, that's, that, that's a choice. Like, okay, so Loki... He grabs a hold of the, 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 the thready things and use his Loki power 
Well, first of all, he used his 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 Loki power to destroy the temporal loom, which I'm like, this feels a lot like in Superman 2 when Superman kisses Lois mm-hmm. and manages and like through that f- makes her forget, which was never a power of Superman ever. Mm-hmm. They just kind of made it up because it's like, well, we need to have this thing happen. I felt like all of a sudden now, like if you if Loki could have like using his jazz hand superpowers can like destroy something like the temporal loom. Wouldn't that have come in handy? Oh, I don't know. A billion times before this, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, say, I don't know, the Battle of New York. Like here. Oh, oh, the Hulk's coming here. Let me rip him apart with my Loki jazz hand glowy, glowy hands. But all of a sudden now he can go up and just, you know, he struts across the thing and I was like, okay. And then, you know, he grabs the little, the little stringy things and and uses more of his Loki jazz hand, shiny finger things and, and, and starts climbing the invisible staircase in his leather slippies, um, the, (laughs) the stairway to heaven, if you will. And goes to this throne, which I'm guessing is, okay, well, the throne is, I mean, they never made a big deal of the throne that he who remains sat on. But apparently now this is like the the throne that's been broken because it's that Japanese thing where they, they, they mm-hmm. repair it using gold so that the, the flaws stand out more. And this is turning gold. And now all of a sudden Loki's cape is this hey, time like strand. It's like it's like the chimera, you know. It's uh, the the broken parts are fixed with gold. And then and then he and then he sits on the throne, and now Loki is the timeline. The timeline is Loki, and I'm like, okay, so now we've managed to turn into this. Now now we're into the portion of the show where we've turned this into the the show, like the what what was it like Mike and the steam shovel from our our youth when we were reading, and it was like the the story of the steam shovel digs the mm-hmm. the foundation of the building, and then it can't get out. Mm-hmm. So then it, they turn it into the furnace. So that, and then the guy who's the steam shovel driver ends up becoming the, the the superintendent of the building and they live happily ever after after i'm like so now that's the story like how and, and and just where are these powers coming from and how is this even remotely satisfying because there's no real explanation of what this actually accomplishes hmm. that now the entire all of time and space is flowing through the god of chaos mm-hmm which, I mean, in, in a way, is really helpful in explaining, like, the last six to eight years of our timeline. But, <laughs> I mean, as, I, I watch TV and go to movies to escape, man. I get enough of this BS in real life. Like, oh I, don't, I don't need that to be the solution. Like, oh, the reason why the whole world is effed up is because it's Loki's lifeblood running through all this. Well, just rock me to sleep then. Jeez. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I was not a fan of the ending, and I I I I'm 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 left I am left wanting, sir, and I do not left I not like be like to be left wanting. <laughs> I don't know. Just sounded, that actually sounded like something that Loki would say. I was trying to channel him a little. Let me uh, write that down as something we learned in this episode. That <laughs> Uncle Todd is not wanting. <laughs> Don't you left wanting? Don't you Hiddleston uh, my Tom, or don't you Tom my Hiddleston? Which <laughs> God, that sounds incredibly dirty. <laughs> Dear Lord, it's like something back in like oh the seven, back in the seventeen hundreds. You'd wind up in the stocks for oh, Your Honor. Lord. The gentleman was 
Tomming his Hiddleston. Oh, I demand oh. satisfaction. <laughs> I demand satisfaction. That's a problem. Yeah. That's that's why it was Hiddles, Hiddlestoning as Tom. You know, oh, you know what I mean. Lord. You know. All right. Wink, all wink. Right. Nudge, nudge. Know what I mean. Know what I mean. Say no more. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, seen, felt, smelt, and dealt. All right. Well, sir, I I respectfully disagree. Uh, I thought this was a a wonderful uh you know kind of bringing everything full circle kind of story oh here we go yeah the man with the soundboards pressing buttons look out cheers Uh, i'm waiting for hey man that's just uh that's just your opinion or something (laughs) god that was a terrible lebowski well i'm sorry well it does make me humble shaky um nonetheless uh no i i I appreciated, uh, you know, kind of where they took it. I, I must admit, I was a little surprised. I thought, you know, the whole introduction of Victor Timely was going to lead to, you know, more variants and, and kind of a, a connection to maybe, you know, events from Ant-Man or, you know, kind of lead mm-hmm. into, you know, um, you know, events that'll be coming in, in the next Avengers movie, which is supposedly going to be, a, you know, s- you know, centered around Kang, although who knows at this point. Um but uh, nobody but I, but I have to say you know given the you know the the growth and character of of Loki as a whole and and the journey he has traveled I I thought it was an appropriate end for him to find some peace and and you know purpose and understanding and what he would do being you know someone who would essentially you know allow time to kind of persist and let his friends, you know, kind of whether, well, I, I go back to the the whole conversation he had with he who remains, because he basically says, look, if, if you try to do anything outside of what we're doing here with a sacred timeline, it's going to be nothing but war and everything's going to come crashing to an end. And it's that idea of hope and, and hope in his friends and hope in those that will fight the good fight against whatever that might be, uh, which I think is what is teeing up what is to come with the Avengers, you know, with, with the next Avengers movie that it, it plays very nicely into his character from the very beginning who declared much as I did at the beginning of the episode that he is burdened with glorious purpose. And that purpose is now to be the life force behind essentially time um, and, and all of these timelines so that um you know, that, that there is not a branch that is being removed or, or pruned or destroyed. And therefore, you know, all of life can persist in, in all of these different multiverses, if you will. Uh, I thought that was kind of an interesting way to end it, you know, like, like to end it with some peace. Um, I, I will say there's a little disconnect for me. You know, I, I, I will grant you this. I think the show played a little fast and loose with the concept of what time is. You know, like the fact Mm -hmm. that, you know, when you're in the TVA, time is these branches that have to be refined and then, you know, processed and then it becomes something else. And they they don't really go into detail about what that all is. Um, All we know is this loom and all the processing that it does is really just a fail safe to make sure the sacred timeline persists. That's really all it's about. Um, Well, that's what we find out is about. I mean, and I get that they were trying to head fake you this entire time, but but your point still stands that there's not that much explanation of what that actually does does and and how it came to be is so confusing that after a while it's like i i'm not even 
I watch the show, and I'm not yeah. entirely sure what what, <laughs> well, that, what that what that all entails. And 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 I and you know we'll talk about this probably next episode when we talk a little bit more about For All Mankind, which has recently started up its fourth season. But I will say, I think one thing working against Loki was the amount of time it was away. I mean, it's been two years since the first season, and so there's a little bit of catch up you have to do. You know, I, I true. There's a little bit of disconnect with some of the characters, you know, and, and trying to understand why are these characters important again? You know, there's kind of a reorientation you have to go through. Um, and I say for all mankind, because in the first episode, there is a key character who we will talk more in depth about it, but a key character who who dies. And honestly, that, that moment was a little lost on me where I think if they mm. had done season four not too long after season three concluded, I think I would have had a different feel for that because the characters would still be fresh in my mind. Yeah. I would understand, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, I remembered who he was, but it was just kind of like, it, and emotionally it just didn't hit me, you know? And, and I think Loki kind of suffered a little bit from that too, that, that, that being away for so long where, and it's only six episodes. So you got to kind of remember who everyone is. Mm. Why do I care about this character? Uh, you know, like, like Ravona Renslayer is someone you remember. Okay. She was the villain, but some of the other like TVA officials, it's like, why am I, rooting for this one but not this one you know what i mean like yeah. i just i don't remember them you know and so well, and that was and and actually that's an excellent point because and the first and just to interject like my first instinct wasn't go to to go to for all mankind although that's a good recent poll it's westworld i yeah. remember, remember the yeah. gap between those where you oh. literally have to be like oh wait a minute now uh, how did all this work because again big cast mm-hmm. um but it's exacerbated when you talk about the the Marvel shows, and yeah. this is one of the things where I really feel like th- this is, if anything, I feel like this is where Marvel drops the ball on this stuff is that they make the season short enough mm-hmm. that you don't even get a chance to expand enough that that there's enough material there to then go back and revisit. And, and whereas, like for all mankind, Westworld, I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty sure there's like twelve episode seasons. Yeah, you know they're they're yeah. a little bit more substantial, um, but that's also uh, unfortunately that's the you know to borrow the term again the burden of these really high concept, really friggin' incredibly shot and detailed um, shows mm-hmm. that are giving you like movie quality effects, stories, all of that stuff in a weekly show. Yeah. So I mean I get why you're why it takes so long in between the seasons, but it does suck to lead to your point. It, it you you get that. Wait a minute, what the hell just happened? You know I, I gotta I gotta get my head back into this after right. you know instead of a three month layoff like it used to be in the good old days of like TV like shows that go away from the summer. Now it's like oh yeah a year and a half later. <laughs> yeah, remember that yeah. stuff that happened? Oh yeah, right. you, you better right. because you know there's there's eighteen threads that we're all gonna pull on. Yeah, good call on that. Good call. Thank you. Well, and and you know, it's it's not to say the season was perfect, but when I when I watched that last episode, like, well, let me take a step back. Like, first of all, like you mentioned, episode four, I thought that was a really great way to end that episode, where it completely throws out convention, and you see Victor Timely basically get destroyed. I mean, Spaghetti, he's just like yeah. torn up by by the time radiation, and you're just kind of like, oh crap, this is wh- like like where does this go next? Like, I I have to give 
a little bit of a tip of the cap to these shows that go places where it's not predictable where it's where it's going to. You know, mm-hmm. like when when a show is predictable, you lose some of the suspense, you lose some of the fun of seeing where it's going. This one kept th- kept you on your toes a little bit, which I I, I appreciate and respect. Um, I love the idea of, um, you know, him getting into this whole like time slipping mode. And, and at first it was a little wacky and you're like, what the heck is going on in the early episodes? And then episode five kind of brings it into focus a bit, you know, where you understand like, okay, now he can control this. And in episode six, I thought, you know, the last episode was, was really good because you got to see him exercise the power, but not in a way that the old Loki would have. Like he's not using it for his own ends. He's always using it in, in service of trying to, you know, save his friends, save the TVA, save reality as he knows it so that things can persist and go on. Like all of this is in service of trying to let life, life persist, even though it's not, you know, a singular timeline anymore. And it's all of these timelines. He's trying to make it happen. And I love the idea of him spending centuries of his life, you know, of his you know, from his perspective to try to master certain things, to, to make things happen a certain way. I love, you know, as they're replaying that, that whole like last scene of like episode four and he's like saying everyone's lines for them. And he's, I mean, he's almost like basically like, like, like an elementary school play director, basically telling everyone where to go, where to be and go do this and go do that. I mean, it was really kind of funny how they did that. Um, well, if you I, love that, you ought to go back and watch edge of tomorrow because it actually did it better. Did it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, but, but I do like how they do revisit he who remains, you know, from the end of season one and how he and Loki have a back and forth and there's still, you know, something new we learn from him, something new, like we're understanding about the way he was kind of directing things. Um, I thought it was a very cool effect where during kind of the end of their conversation, you know, Loki's like, how do you know this isn't the first time we've had this conversation? Like it's getting to a point where Loki is now maybe a step ahead of he who remains a little bit, which is, that was kind of cool. Yeah. But that's also where it went off the rails for me because the, the entire ending, the entire like finale of the show almost totally sidesteps the antagonist. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't lead to a confrontation with him. It just eventually is like, oh, and I, I know how I'll beat him. I'll just go up the little stairs in my in my leather slippies with my with my like Loki well, version four costume. And now everything is done. And it's like, well, wait a minute. How does that invalidate? That's the thing. Like, I it, I'm sure there's an explanation. Well, I'm sure that you I'm sure that there's there's people online right now who are coming up with their own headcanon, their own fan fiction, all this. But it goes to like what you, what we talked about in terms of uh, one of the Thrawn books or something like that. When when you had said, oh, or, or maybe James had said or Jimmy Dice had said, oh, well, this book explains this. I'm like, well, if you need that book to explain this movie, you've done a piss poor job in your movie because you shouldn't need that that auxiliary material to tell the story. I, and so in me, for me, mm-hmm. like it, you didn't do a good job of explaining how this thwarts mm-hmm. he who remains, how this ending mm-hmm. is, is victorious for the good guy. Yeah, and, 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 and you can try, but the th- but the fact is what I'm saying is I don't think that it's there on the screen. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get it on the screen, 
and and it needs to be like it needs like chowder heads like us and and everyone else on the interwebs to kind of like well i think it is on the gin this to get i okay I, I think episode six shows all right a character who is exhausting all options that are before him mm-hmm. to try to save not only his friends but to save mm-hmm. the realities that have since become okay because that is what they're all about right and he has exhausted those things Kane Kang has basically it's got to be Kane. Kane. I said Kane for a minute there. Oh yes. Um, <laughs> that was damn good, sir. Well done. So he just goosed goosed Paul. <laughs> he likes it. Good. Oh my gosh, it was Bob Holly. What's going on what here? Thunk it. I know. Um, no, but but you have a character who has exhausted all possibilities and comes to the conclusion that the only way that this is going to happen is if he takes the burden on himself. And so I believe he does defeat he who remains because he who remains set the system up to be all about the sacred timeline. If you want to, if you want to live your reality and you want to live for yourself, you, this is what's going to end up happening. You're going to, this is the thing that's going to persist. The, the, the choice that Loki had to make was, whether he goes forward and becomes basically the life force behind time itself, um, behind all these timelines that he keeps them going and, you know, sits content in the idea that he's doing this for people that he cares deeply about. And I think that is the difference. And I think that is, so he doesn't beat he who remains in the way that Ant-Man you know, beats Kang where there's a physical contest or, or some sort of battle between them. The battle is a battle of, 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 of the mind and of, of wits, if you will. And I think Loki wins it because of the fact that he accepts his role. He accepts his burden purpose. And, and I like that they call it that because it isn't, you know, it is a glorious purpose in the sense that he is, he is now infusing life into these timelines. He's, he's, keeping basically time itself going across this, this multiverse, but it's a burden. And, and you sit there and wonder, will this care? Like when it was over, I'm like, this is a, a, a great way to bring this character full circle from the selfish, arrogant, power hungry character. He was to this humble willing to now, you know, sit in, in eternity essentially for a greater purpose and not knowing if that purpose is really going to carry out the way that he hopes it will, but he does it nonetheless on their behalf. So sacrificing himself in a way, I just thought it was a beautiful way to kind of take that character from one extreme all the way to the other. And, you know, I, I, I think some memes have been posted on Instagram and on YouTube with this, but it is very, you know, poetic that the last lines he utters are the same lines he utters to his father when he is, basically thwarted, you know, that, that, you know, he's doing this for you for, for all of, I, I don't remember the exact lines, but if, if you look it up or maybe we can post it in the show notes that, that he says these lines to his father. And I think it was Thor um, when he's basically, you know, being captured or whatever by, by, you know, his father and, and so forth. 
Um, but he says those same lines at the end of, of the episode, but when he just makes the walk up to, you know, where, where he takes his throne and, and, and becomes this, you know, really what, what, from what, from what I've read, he's become what is known in the Marvel comics as, you know, Loki God of stories basically is what he's become. He's taken his rightful place as a God. Um, and, and he is essentially, um, you know, the life force behind time itself. And so, um, but I, I say all of that more in service of the character, but definitely can concede that I think the way the show dealt with time as a thing was very loose, very fast and loose with that. And so Mm -hmm. I get what you're saying about when he walks up and grabs the branches, it's a very meta sort of scene because you're like, okay, if those branches are time and he's holding on to them and now he's infusing some sort of energy into them, so is he Where's, time? What, what is that energy? Like, like and where like, does that energy is, come from? Yeah, well, that, I, I'm not as worried about the energy because he's always been known to be an enchanter of sorts, you know. So I think his yeah, energy but, takes, it, it, but form it's been in, in like, different oh, ways. Oh, he can shoot daggers and stuff like that. It's never been like, oh, and I can take that energy and animate things. This is the thing. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll go the I'll go the distance on that. But explain to me how these powers have come to be. Put it on the screen. Don't make it have to be like this. Yeah. This afterwards explanation. If you again, like we're having to have this conversation because 50 percent of us didn't get it. We're having this conversation because you, sir, you know. What? Look on the bright side of life. I'm not looking on the bright side of it. This is, I, I'm just saying, like, it's its not a great ending. It's I, not. Like, I it, think it, it was it, a great ending. Yeah, and I think if, it, if it's it a great poetic. ending, it was it was very poorly explained. And I think also just the fact that you don't have, a, uh, like, a direct confrontation somehow with your protagonist and antagonist to end the thing, and it just sort of ends. But it's established. That's not good. It's established that when he goes to do the confrontation, it ends always in the same way. Like, it, it was never meant for him to defeat he who remains in that room when he's alive. Like, that's not how okay. that's supposed to play out. But again, you gotta, there's got to be a better explanation for it than just, oh, and then this happens, and then, oh, and it ends. Like, but you didn't explain how all of this is a thing. And to me, that's that's where it falls short. Like you've you have failed in your job if you do not at least if you don't explain it, you better have a really good reason for explaining it. And I don't think they have a really good reason for not explaining this thing. I think we need to agree to disagree, sir. I don't agree to disagree. I'm just going to disagree to disagree. Well, that is the curmudgeon that we've come to know and love. So. Yes. All right. Anything else on Loki, or you want to move forward with the uh, with the results? In the words of John Lovitz, it stinks. Uh. <laughs> Good God! Oh, as he then pounds down a grapefruit polar. If I'm seeing the color correctly, so. Yep, I did. All right, All yeah, right. damn tootin', I did. I cannot stand that flavor. Really? I'm actually drinking a uh This is ruby red porter. grapefruit. I'll I don't have like you know. That one. I don't like Good it. God. My furnace sounds like <laughs> Oh I I I thought you let some gas loose or something and we're now regretting that choice. No. No, that's uh 
That's ye old furnace cranking over. I couldn't hear it. I Anyways, hear it. Um, yes, right. let's get into our adjudication, sir. Ready for the adjudication, sir? All right. Uh, so we have uh, 32 rumors in total. We're going to run through these and uh, <laughs> determine who uh, is going to come out the victor. The prize on the line, as always, is a fine bottle of bourbon, which I am. Uh, I, I still owe Uncle Todd his Ahsoka winnings, which I will get those out the a door. fine bottle. <laughs> A fine the, bottle. The finest case. bottle $10 will buy. That's right. That's right. All right. Are you ready, sir? Oh, why the hell not? All right. Here we go. Number one. Uh, again, this is uh, we break this into sections. This is our section called In or Out, where we like to, uh, you know, rumorize, pontificate on who might show up and uh, who might not. Uh, we will see Dr. Strange. Uncle Todd <laughs> said the real. Oh, and yeah. they called him said the real. Oh, but boy. the result was Jabroni. Oh, most definitely it was. So no one is in the lead. I I, I added another column to our table here, ladies and gentlemen, where we're going to track the leader. We're not going to do this in our heads because, quite You're frankly, wrong. he's drinking some beer. I'm drinking some bourbon, and neither of our memories are any good at the spa- at this stage right now. All right, number two, we will see the Scarlet Witch. Uncle Todd said Jabroni, and they called him said Jabroni. It was, in fact, Jabroni, but it's a push, so there is no leader after two uh, at this point. We disappointed that there was no uh, Scarlet Witch. No, not really. Like, like, as much as you didn't agree with the ending, do you agree with the fact that they didn't try to interject some of the other players like Ant-Man, like Scarlet Witch, like Doctor Strange, or were you kind of hoping they would weave something like that in? I mean, there's always the, you know, the fanboy part of me that's like, oh, yeah, the more superheroes, the better. Um, however, I read something uh, on Reddit, actually, the other day where they it kind of it rung true, like Marvel in many ways has stopped doing solo flicks. Yeah. Things are are definitely much more of an ensemble mm. nature now. And and granted, I mean all of these movies are to some degree because you have you have minor characters and all that, but becoming much more so about, oh, and hey, it's this person and this person and this person, mm. this person. And I I think and I, th- I think you have brought this up several times, the idea of sometimes you don't need like the stakes to be the universe is going to implode on itself. Like it's yeah. nice to have some smaller stakes. It's nice to not have to, everything does not have to be cranked up to 11. Um, and I feel everything that way about does not have to be a tomahawk. It's nice to have a little eight ounce filet mignon every now and then, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> <laughs> Even when you're making a good point, you're so bougie, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Anyways. I thought Uncle Ty would appreciate that. <laughs> <sighs> Somebody shove a devil, devil egg in this guy's mouth right now. Uh, <laughs> actually, he would enjoy that too much. I, I would, actually. I don't know if you've noticed. There, there's some there. There's a meme I've, I've noticed popping up on Instagram where I think it's it's a guy at a wedding and i think um he's very emotional and then he turns around and something happens where his bride who i think maybe wasn't able to walk is able to walk and he just starts crying well people have taken this whole thing of him turning around and crying like that you've seen this well someone did this with basically the 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 theme is 
what I do when I see Thanksgiving deviled eggs. And, <laughs> and I, I meant to send it to Uncle Todd because I thought he would appreciate that given my uh, appreciation of, of that dish. So, Oh, and speaking of, speaking of Thanksgiving, dude, I gotta, I'm going to let you know about this because uh, yes, next episode we'll have, to, we'll have to follow up on this. Me and the, and the missus are going to have a good old-fashioned uh, a gravy recipe uh, contest on Thanksgiving Ooh. because she has, I mean, and granted my wife does, we're very different. Um, I, I can bake really well. I can cook. I'm just not, Whoa. Hey, my goodness. <laughs> I love it because you know what? Your father does that to me and good on you for doing it to him. <laughs> <sighs> yes, firstborn and only child. For what, the listeners what, at home, what can I do for you? His daughter snuck up and just scared the bejesus out of him, and I can't tell you how many times he's done that to me. So I am loving it. So what's up? It's not fair. You scare me all the time. I want to be the one. That's uh-huh. right. He does. You okay? But 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 so what's up? You going to bed? <laughs> okay. All right. Good night. Good night. Love you. Thank you for almost you know. Putting me into coronary Good failure. Good on you, Kaylin. <laughs> Tim is very proud of you for almost scaring me. That's what I like to see. Anyways, uh, now it would make that even better when the lights were out and she just comes up. I know. It's like bah. <laughs> Soiled myself. Um, so, anyways, my wife, my wife does really well at cooking. Not mm. so well at baking. She does not like to follow directions. Uh, <laughs> I follow directions very well, probably to a fault. Anyways, so she does, she makes her own gravy and all that, you know, the drippings and all that. And I saw this recipe, Mm -hmm. uh, like a video of Gordon Ramsay doing his gravy. Mm. Oh, my sweet mother of God, does that look amazing. Nice. And she's like, I don't think that, that's just too much. This is that. that, that." I'm like, you know what? We're going to have ourselves a little gravy cook off on Thanksgiving is what we're going to do. Ding. Yes, Very indeed. Nice. Very nice. Oh, uh, but anyways, uh, Can I tell you what we're doing for Thanksgiving. Oh, I'm guessing you're deep frying half of a cow plus. I am, a, no, you're, I am. You're doing, gonna do. You're gonna do a turbuffin. It's gonna be a turkey stuffed with a cow leg. I am. <laughs> I am doing nothing. That's what I'm doing. Actually, that'd be more like. <laughs> I am relying on the fine uh, chef work of our good friends at the local restaurant we like to frequent, Adele's. They they do uh, basically they make turkey, they make sides, and so we're getting. Are a, you serious? We are getting a turkey done by them, uh, already pre-cut. Getting a couple sides with it, and then we're gonna have sides of our own, uh, and we're just gonna like reheat everything and pick it up on Wednesday night, throw it in the oven Thursday. I'm gonna take it easy. Take it. It's going to be nice, relaxed, and uh, it's going to be you good. You lazy bastard. Damn. You're going to be drinking bourbon starting at 9.30 a.m. You know it. I'm going to be watching those those Macy's Thanksgiving Day balloons go down with a little bit of bourbon on the mind. By 1 p.m., he's going to be peeing into the bushes in his front yard and saying, I'm the president of the HOA. What are you going to do? My son's going to be like, Dad, are you okay? I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a real interesting HOA meeting next time. Uh, oh. Tim, did you, uh, did you, in fact, urinate on Mrs. Francis's Shih Tzu? Did you, in fact, mean to streak across the neighborhood <laughs> at 11 a.m. on Thanksgiving? That could have been anyone's ass. <laughs> <laughs> Moving at that speed. 
You cannot make a positive identification. <laughs> I've been working on my sprinting. Oh my <laughs> We're only two questions in and we're already already devolving into uh that could have been anyone's ass. <laughs> Did you see how taut those cheeks were? <laughs> there we go with the taut cheeks. Oh god. It's it's all over. Here we go, folks. Anyways. Oh my gosh. All right, where are we? We're on question, what, 29 now? We're on question three. Oh, gosh. All right, we will see an eternal. Uh, Uncle Todd said the real. Uh, man they called him said jabroni. That is jabroni, so it is now a plus one for the man they called You're him. You're wrong. No, you were wrong, sir. I, I know. I was saying that to myself. <laughs> All right. Now, this is an interesting one, and, and it doesn't matter in terms of the score because we both guessed the same thing. We will see Zaniac, and this is kind of funny because we kind of saw Zaniac in a way. Well, we saw Zaniac as the game, plus as the dude who was playing Zaniac, right? Yes. So Zaniac ends up being a interpretation of the Marvel villain uh, in Loki, where he's actually like a, a movie character in one of the realities. So he wasn't actually a, a character in the sense of how he was in the comics. He just was, was a presence, if, if you will, as, as a character who was acted upon by one of the former TVA agents. Um, I, I put Jabroni with a question mark, but do you want to call this the real? I mean, did no, we that's see the real? I mean, that's that, the real. All right. I mean, we got him as a video game plus yep. as a, as an interpretive, you know, presence through the, uh, as an actor. So yeah. Yep. All right. So, uh, both of us guessed jabroni on that one. So we got that wrong, but still plus one for me. Uh, we will finally see Mephisto. Uh, we went jabronis across the board on this one, and this was a jabroni. Once again, just getting mephisto left, right, and center. I think if Mephisto does end up making an appearance in some sort of Marvel vehicle, I think we have to have a, an episode dedicated to that. I think you and I need to be drinking bourbon heavily for it because it's like we finally – it was how many years and it finally came to fruition. You know what I mean? It's it, well, it's just one of those things you got to celebrate. So this comedian Christopher Titus has a bit where he he'll, he talks about he's like you remember back in you know in the middle of COVID, our government finally said that hey there's there's aliens and we're all like stop <laughs> we, we can't take any more right now. That Shut is up. that we is don't fantastic. Care. We're going to pretend it never happened. It never did. It never did. That's how I feel like we're going to be if Mephisto actually ever oh. enters the MCU. We'll just be like Gosh. I can't, I can't take any more. Yep. All right, number six of In or Out. We will see Thor. Uncle Todd said the real on this one. I was surprised by this. Uh, Again, the more superhero, the better. Said Jabroni. Uh, it was Jabroni, so it is going to be a plus it two. It most certainly was. For the man they called him. This is not looking good for me so far. No, it is not. It is not. <sighs> number seven, we will see several Kang variants. Uh, now, several would be more than two in my book. A couple is two. Several is more than two. Let's, uh, let's we both said the real. I, I ruled this jabroni. Do you agree? Um, let's see here. What is the definition of several? I'm looking at images. Why is that? More than two, but not many. What the frat kind of definition is that? Hey, it said uh, more than two. That's uh, enough in my book. But not many. But not many. Uh, give me one indefinite, uh, you know, vague measurement with another. Thank you. Indeed. 
Uh, number eight, we will see an incursion and its effects. We both said the real on this. That couldn't have been further from the truth. We saw no such incursions. <sighs> and uh, that was Jabroni. So still mm-hmm. plus two for the man they called Tim. Number nine, we will be introduced to Battle World. The results of multiple fallen worlds being patched together into one. Now, maybe at some future point we'll see this, but we did not see this in Loki season two. That is Jabroni. Uncle Todd went the real on this one. I did. Man, they called Tim when jabroni. So oh. that is now plus three for the man I, they called Tim. That does not sound like something I would have done. I was shocked as much as you are right now by the fact when you said the real on this one, because I'm like, really? You think really? But you went with it. Well, I think it might have been the bourbon you're drinking that night, but nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> This one will make Uncle Todd smile. We will see Ant-Man, Scott Lang. Yeah. Uncle Todd said Jabroni. I said the real. It was, in fact, Jabroni. My advantage is now down to plus two. Well, you put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> uh, number 11, we will see the Wasp, Hope Van Dyne. We nope. said Jabroni across the board. That was, in fact, Jabroni. So that is well, still... you can only have two bad haircuts in one show. That is fair. And that Sylvie is fair. had the market cornered on that this Evangeline season. Angeline Lilly, she <laughs> brings the uh, the haircut she does every time Who she shows up. Who made that wardrobe decision? Again, I would just like to know what the thought process was. Be I mean, I get kind of like the '80s mullet with Sylvie this season. Not, I'm not understanding the Hope Van Dyne because it was like. Actually, yeah, you've got I, money. It's it, it's almost like Mark Davis level bad. I want like to ask the, you the though. owner of the Raiders. Like you've got cash. Like you that isn't even supercuts. That's like a bad Floby. Yeah, I do want to ask you though. Were were you disappointed or were you whatever with the presence of Sylvie throughout the season? Because I feel like she had much less of a presence than she did in season one. Um. Like she was there, but I didn't feel like it had the same no weight it, that there season was a, one had. It was a different vibe. Yeah. And I felt like they kind of defanged Sylvie in a lot of ways. Sylvie's season one was very much a badass. And in this season, seems like I don't I, uh, almost it, kind of like a little bit of the of, of like PTSD f- Thor in a way like mm-hmm. just sort of like non-confrontational in, in some sort of ways or just like just world weary but i mean i in a way well, that makes like sense but now it, that she killed he who remains mm-hmm. like she was just trying to live out like the free will life you know mm-hmm. what i mean like that's what i feel like it kind of boiled down to she was just kind of trying to live that that free will life yeah but they made that seem as bland as as humanly possible which is like okay Maybe to I, a point right i i get it but at, at a certain point it's like okay now you're making it, it, it's the difference between heat and like go away heat yeah like okay i get it that you're trying to make a point here but now you've just made me not care about this character because in in trying to make their life seem bland you have made the entire character seem bland yeah and that's yeah. kind of how i felt about sylvie which stinks because i i i was digging on her character season one I was expecting more from her, you know, yeah. like I was really kind of surprised by what we got. Um, yeah, but. I think they I think honestly, they they did that actor dirty like they did yeah. not. They did not. I mean, not <laughs> I mean, we're not talking like John Boyega in like, uh, you know, the, the second, third Star Wars flicks there. But 
uh, not that That's far out of sight of it right there oh yeah that is, and and rose too just uh, all right number 12 yes it's not chavo classic but will we see loki classic and uh, richard e grant we did not we both said the real on this one that was a big old jabroni that was wishful thinking on both of our parts i think we both just we knew yep. we were tossing that one to the winds yeah all right, so after the in or out section, we are at plus two for the man they call Tim. Mm-hmm. Our next section, uh, a staple of the Free Range IDC uh, congregation. What's up with that? Number 13, Zaniac will be the antagonist that Loki is chasing down along with Kang. Uh, n- no. I'm going to, I call this jabroni, but what was kind of funny is when you think about one or two of the episodes, they were actually chasing that character down. I mean, they were, but it, they were not chasing. But like it wasn't the, Zaniac like the yeah, villain, you know it what I was, mean? And it wasn't even like a uh, someone like like it, it wasn't even like the hunter playing or hunter like living the life of Zaniac. It was right. the hunter living the life of an actor who played Zaniac. So yeah. it's yeah. it's that far removed where it's like, no, there's no argument here. There's yeah. no argument to be made. Yeah. All right, next one, number 14. Ravona Renslayer will be Kang's new love interest. Now, I ruled this jabroni because while they did allude to them maybe being somewhat romantically entangled, it didn't feel like something new. You know, it felt like something that had been established before. Um, What are your thoughts? No, I mean, I don't think it was I don't think it was firmly established enough to call it a love interest like it was it was vaguely hinted at like mm-hmm. there there wasn't enough again right right and i i don't even think i think Renslayer is another character who kind of got done dirty in the six episode format because her her storyline was so fracking microwaved it was like it just burnt to a crisp yeah it was ridiculous it was just a molten pool what did you make of of uh, now i know you didn't like the ending but what did you make of at least the last scene with her because She's kind of, it's implied that she's kind of at the end of time. Mm-hmm. She's in an area that used to be the TVA because you see the grass kind of blow away and that, that yeah. plate is there, which yeah, was the, the TVA Yeah, very building. conveniently like one square foot blows, yeah. Um, and then there's like this this entity that approaches her that's like purple flashing and something. Now, I've read in articles that many people believe that to be Eliath, that that was basically Eliath basically about to encroach upon her and consume her, you know, oh. like like he has others. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know what your thought was on that. Again, I think it's a, it's a, honestly, I had, when they, all of a sudden they flashed to that, I was like, oh yeah, her. Completely lost track of her. Yeah. Didn't really care that much because her character really was kind of just a a paper thin like it's pretty defanged at that point yeah like here oh here let me just move the plot along a little bit not like it it it, yeah no it was just well said sir well said thank you number 15 the tva will rise up and overthrow kang now here i do want to make an argument uh, I okay. I believe there is an argument to be made here, um, where because of the way that this is phrased, there we go. The TVA. <laughs> now the TVA is made up of the agents of the TVA, correct? Mm-hmm. Well, 
Loki and is an agent of the TVA. So therefore, even even in this like craptastic ending that they had, Loki does rise up quite literally. Okay, Loki going up the little staircase. Whoa, 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 going whoa, up player. the staircase. Whoa, 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 player. And in that way, as you have said, overthrows Kang. But Loki is not the TVA. Well, no, he's a part of the TVA. Yes, but what is the TVA if it is not made up of its component parts? I need you to turn down. (laughs) I can't think. (laughs) Good God almighty. Part of my strategy. (laughs) The bongos are just, they're causing me to not think. Well, I think it's the bourbon that's causing me to not think. But anyways. Well, you are on your, you're on like a quad now. You're not even doing doubles anymore. You're just pouring right to the top of the Glen Karen glass. I think I've, I think I've killed a good part of that Oh my gosh, dude. Forget 32 questions. We're going to have to go to a 12-step meeting for the, <laughs> the end of this thing. Oh, um, I, 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 you know, I. Uh, uh, this was uh, written uh, saying yeah. the TVA as a yes. whole was going to rise up against Kang and overthrow it, him. It's they not did explicitly not do that stating in the, season. the TVA as a whole. The TVA at the TVA that point is not. Wait a minute. Hang the on. The TVA is not Loki. Come on. But now. at the at the at the point that you're dealing with at this time, the TVA as as far as we know at this point is essentially the people in that room. Correct. I disagree. Who else is left? We don't see anybody. Well, ain't I mean, nobody helping them. Like city out there, but none of them are there, and they are representatives of the TVA. So but that they is don't the, that is a group. Rise up against Kang. That's the thing I they, don't. They are by helping, and then Loki is the one who carries him across the finish line. He is in in his way. He is rising up against Kang as a representative of the you TPA. You yourself said that he didn't actually end up fighting him in any way, shape, or form. He didn't, so how but is he, he overthrowing him? You he just contradicted up. yourself. I am not contradicting because I said he he walked up that invisible stairway in his little nice little green leather slippies, and he that didn't is fight anyone. Rising you said. up, you were upset that he didn't fight anyone. I that doesn't now all of a sudden he's fighting someone. <laughs> it's not he's he did not. It doesn't say anything about a fight in that question. It said he rose up and overthrew. And even you had said earlier mm-hmm. that this is the only way for him to do that is to not, not to have overthrow the him. He did overthrow him because by by him assuming his little throne of timeliney branches thing that overthrows Kang he and his future. Him. It was his he way. Does. It was his way. He does of, overthrow him. He does not overthrow him. He does him. overthrow him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How are we going to rule this? Because I, I feel this is this is strongly jabroni on this one. I'm I sorry. I strongly feel this is real. Oh, you are full of horse I'm, bucky. <laughs> dude, if you're going to, you argued passionately about this, so I'm going to use your reasoning against you. He did not overthrow Kang. I he never did. argued that. First of all, he did rise up the staircase. Oh, stop. That... I have to do a gorilla monsoon. Will you stop? I'm sorry, but I, if you're not going to listen to reason, then I think the only the only reasonable thing to do is to throw this question out entirely. You want to throw no. this question out because it's in, not in your favor is what you want to do. Well, no, because then that even hurts me because I feel like I should get points for this. Oh, he's going to have another... <laughs> 
Here, let me throw back a shot. No, I disagree. <laughs> oh, you're so drunk with your own power. Oh, you. Drunk with my deviled eggs. <laughs> you president of an HOA just used to get in your own way over everything. Well, you know. Fine. You know what? You just you do you. All right. You have to live with your conscience, though. I believe this is jabroni. I do not believe the TVA as a whole rose up and overthrew Kang. It just didn't happen. Sorry. And I think that you're suspect. All right. You can think that, Shecky. All right. Plus three for the man they called him. That's the rest of this show under protest. All right. All right. Number 16, OB. You are worse than Hulk Hogan. Thank you, Shiki. Uh, OB, Kehi Kwan, will have an instrumental part in Loki thwarting Victor Timely's plans. We both went the real on this. This is Jabroni. So everything stays the same. Well, I mean, I would actually argue he did. I mean, he's the one who helped him with the time slippage. I don't know. I mean, well, what I, would I've, you say was Victor Timely's plans, though? Like that—that's like oh, Victor Timely. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Like when I wrote this, this was the idea. I, I think this was a rumor where Victor Timely ends up being, you know, like kind of a villain character, and we end up yeah. finding him to be something very different. I mean, he—he's a Kang variant, but he's not one of the malicious ones. If anything, he's kind of almost like an innocent bystander who gets kind of yanked into this whole thing, um, unbeknownst to him. Mm. All right, fine. Uh, number 17, Victor Timely is the original Kang. We both went the real on this. Uh, I think this is Jabroni. He's just a variant. We actually don't know who the original Kang was. But I do believe this was um, from the comics. I believe Victor Timely was the actual origin point of the Kang character um, starting in the past. Hmm. Number 18, the Council of Kangs are the primary antagonist. Ugh. You want to uh, argue this one, sir? Just shut up and move along. Uncle Todd said the real. I said jabroni. That was, in fact, a jabroni. Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn, you crazy kids. All right. Uh, for the record, a uh, man they called him is up plus four. You are worse than Hulk Hogan. Number 19, Loki and Sylvie prevent Victor Timely from achieving something that allowed Kang to traverse the, the multiverse. To, uh, to what verse? Traverse the traverse. multiverse. Okay, at least a diverse. I'm like, the idea behind this question was that Victor Timely, uh, there was a rumor that Victor Timely was the one who created whatever the device was in Ant-Man and the Wasp that he had to restore. And so the thought was that Loki and Sylvie basically prevent him from achieving that, uh, which allows him to jump across the multiverse. Ah, I see. So we said jabroni. It was jabroni. Number 20. Uh, Loki's multiverse jumping causes an incursion. We both said the real. Uh, That, in fact, was jabroni. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Number 21, King Loki, a variant, will be an antagonist during this season. This was the uh, <laughs> one of the variants of Loki that was very power hungry. Uh, this was something from the comics, but we we were not we were not seduced by such rumor. We were jabroni across the board. And that was, in fact, jabroni. Who are you kidding? We were like flipping coins at this point. Probably. That are bourbon caps. Um, number 22, Loki's variants will assemble to take on the Kangs. Uh, Uncle Todd said jabroni. Man they called him said the real. This was jabroni, so it is now 
plus three in favor of the man they called him. Mm-hmm. Number 23, Mobius. Oh, wait, is, hang on. Hang on a second. Yes, hang on a second. I just. Oh, good God. Here we go. Got to do his, like, uh, icky shuffle over here. <laughs> or his L.A. Night shuffle, whichever you want to call it. <sighs> I just you know have to... I'm up plus three right now. Give me some glorious, please. I, I want to hear those ivories tickle. I want to hear the glorious theme song. Go for it. No, God, please. Oh, come no. on. No. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> You are not a gentleman in a scout. You are worse than Hulk Hogan. That, that is you. All right, number 23. Mobius is revealed to be a Loki variant. We both said jabroni. It was jabroni. Oops. All right. Plus three for the man they call Tim still. Uh, mm. Number 24. Sylvie is revealed to be the Enchantress. This was a character that we had talked about in Loki season one. Uh, she is not revealed to be that character. In fact, as we talked about, she was rather, you know, kind of sidelined for the most part. She's um, revealed to work at a McDonald's in Iowa or something. And we can't make that up. That's actually what happened. Yeah. Um, Uncle Todd said jabroni. I said the real. It is jabroni. We are now plus two for the man they called him. His lead is whittling away. Mm. I don't know. I'm not feeling great about this. Galactus will debut. We both said jabroni. We were correct in that thought. No change to the advantage. So plus two for the man they called him. Just, just for the record, how many reels out of all out of all of our rumors were there? I think Uh, I think three. Uh, three. Well, no, yeah, because we changed one. Yeah, you're right. Three. That's great. Out of thirty-two, we yes. have three. Yes, these things that actually happen. Number Woo. twenty-six. Loki will team up with Doctor Strange and Wanda. We said jabroni across the board. That was in fact wise jabroni. It is. Mm-hmm. All right. So after what's up with that? Uh, it is the man they called Tim is up plus two on uh, Uncle Todd. We are in the final section of our real in jabroni, a section we like to affectionately call when the man comes around. Or as Uncle Todd likes to call it, they're going to die. <laughs> Welcome to the jungle, baby. <laughs> You're going to die. Uh, number 27, Kang will kill Mobius. We both said the real. That was jabroni, so no change. Number 28, the TVA will be destroyed. We both said the real on that one. I ruled this the real because technically the TVA was destroyed. <laughs> I Well, I mean. Maybe not permanently, but it was destroyed. He had to jump back in time to get back to when it would actually existed. Uh, I guess, yeah. So, uh, but nonetheless, doesn't affect the, the score. Uh, number 29, we learn Loki himself is the catalyst for the multiverse. Uh, Uncle Todd said the real man they called Tim said jabroni. That is jabroni. That is plus three for the man they called Tim. All right. Number 30. Uh, Loki takes over the TVA and uses it for nefarious means. Uh, we went jabroni across the board and that was a big old jabroni. Loki was, if nothing else, honorable and sacrificial in his actions. Mm-hmm. Much, much to the chagrin of Uncle Todd. <laughs> Uh, number 31, uh, Loki will warn the Avengers in the main timeline of Kang. Uncle Todd said jabroni. 
man they call Tim said the real. This was Jabroni. Man they call Tim is down to a plus two advantage, but it matters not because number 32, we both guessed the same. Ladies and gentlemen, Loki season two will conclude with events or impacts that will lead into Avengers, the Kang dynasty. We both said the real. It uh, doesn't matter if it's a real or jabroni. We both said the same thing. But I ruled the real on this one because let's face it. fall over if I do that. I was going to say, you get up, you're going to go crashing through whatever that doorway <laughs> is to your right. <laughs> it's actually a closet right here, not a doorway. You'd be like Ric Flair with a walker. Woo! Oh, my goodness. Well, at the end of this contest, uh, well played, sir. This is uh, the man they called him up by uh, two. So, uh, victorious I am. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So across our two real and jabronis, we are each victorious. Um, I know in the past we've done like a push and we haven't done anything, but I am going to still send you a bottle of bourbon, sir. So I am going to honor my, my loss. I hope you would do the same. I'm going to Uber eats a bag of, uh, flaming dog poo <laughs> to your front doorway. <laughs> Honey, there's a bag of flaming Cheetos that just showed up. <laughs> No, I'll send Damn you. you. <laughs> yeah, no. I'll send you a. I'll send you a bottle of Maine's finest. Uh, what, what the hell's the? Uh, what the hell's the the nasty friggin' uh, uh, Fireball? Oh gosh, the uh, it's Sweet it's Moses. it's Maine's uh, second. Actually, no, it took over from uh, Allen's Coffee Brandy as like the state liquor. It's it's a it's a cinnamon flavored uh, whiskey. Ah, okay. And it is All terrible. Right. Oh, boy. <laughs> it is, it is oh, terrible. Boy. It is horrible. I actually saw on, uh, as I was flipping through some reels on Instagram, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of, and, and this is a liquor that I think is mostly local to Chicago. I don't think it's widely known. Have you ever heard of Malort's? Nope. Okay. So it's a liquor that's mostly Chicago-based. It's, it's a horrendous <laughs> tasting liquor, but it's like something that's like a rite of passage here. I actually saw a video where a guy basically pours an entire bottle of Malort's into this massive cup and takes an Italian beef sandwich, which is typically dipped in, you know, like, you know, grease. It's it's usually kind of a, a greasy sort of sandwich. Yeah. And dips his sandwich into the, the cup of Malort's and then eats it. And yeah, thank you, Uncle Todd. That's exact. Uncle Todd is basically faux throwing up over there. Oh, dry heaving, dude. Dr- that's not that's faux nothing. Oh my god, <laughs> it was uh, it was a disgusting thing. Though I've tasted Malort's before, I would never dip food into it and then eat it. It would just not end well for me. So, so in other words, have you ever wondered what a rotten cow's anus tastes like? Oh, sweet Moses, drink Malort's. Sweet Moses. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps 
up our real and jabroni adjudication of Loki season two, uh, a uh, phenomenal journey for the Loki character. Although Uncle Todd would uh, disagree on that judgment, I would. And and you know what? I'm feeling better and better about that hex that I put on your uh, fantasy football team. Speaking of which, let's check the uh, score, ladies and oh, gentlemen. Let's not. Let's 162 not. to 135. Quick slance is on its way to a five five and one record. Uh, once again at Ooh, 500. But we celebrating will, 500. Maybe you're going to get yourself one of them. Rise above. Maybe you're going to get yourself one of them Indianapolis Colts participation, uh, you know, banners that you can hang there right behind you. Never. And and you know what would be even better if it had a, mis- a misspelling in it? That would just be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Throw this right between that crack of your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. All right. Well, all right. Uh, thank you, uh, sir, for once again just tormenting me with uh, all of this buffoonery. Uh, what do you got for and another thing? Uh, well, actually, I just threw in something that I purchased tonight at the local Costco. Uh, I went out and I was actually, uh, our sons are coming home for Thanksgiving. So, of course, that means we need to restock on toilet paper <laughs> and sparkling water. But while I was there, I'm holding up for Uncle Todd to see a beautiful Atari retro video game system uh, by, I don't know if the company is My Arcade or if it's Game Station Pro, but nonetheless, it is a little something-something I found at Costco. Uh, 200 plus games across uh, the Atari None of which we know. 5,200, <laughs> like... 7,800 arcade and bonus games. Yes, uh, there is no pitfall, but there is apparently an SD card uh, uh, that you can plug into this thing, and uh, you can load some games up that way. Uh, there is no pitfall, but there is Yars Revenge. There is Boxing. Uh, there is, let's see, Breakout, Centipede, Millipede, um, there's super breakout if breakout isn't enough for you uh, apparently there's the trilogy of sword quest games which i never realized was a thing sword quest earth world fire world and water world um basically i guess uh what's that james cameron movie avatar i think it's like the avatar except oh god eight bit form don't we have um, another like five of those movies coming video pinball man video pinball Ooh. Ooh. but yars revenge yars revenge was a favorite of mine back in the day that game is just addictive so it and what's cool is the the controllers are wireless so there's no wired controllers here it is a little is a little mini like 2600 atari 2600 looking thing and then yeah you got the uh Got the uh, controllers here, wireless, very cool for the Atari. So. See, that's where I'm going to have to call foul on this because I want the full Atari experience. I want like the faux wood on the sides. I want, I the want tangled like, wires, baby. Yes. I, I, I want the switches I got to push down to like reset the game. Yep. You have like the nine volt convert, converter that was, you know, out of the wall that my cat used to chew on, like chew on the power cord mm-hmm. as I'm playing. I'm just waiting for all of a sudden to be like, the cat's fricasseed there right in front of my eyes. Like the cat in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Exactly. That's what I was waiting for. Oh, man. Well, but congratulations to you on your purchase. And, uh, you know, good luck with the toilet paper and the, you know, pallet worth of uh, fizzy water that you bought. I told Uncle Todd when uh, our boys come home, the LaCroix uh, is gone through in, in a volume that can only be described as if, like, if you took that LaCroix and turned it into beer, it would be like, you know, a weekend kegerator sort of thing. You know, it'd be like just a crazy just amount of just aluminum cans you got to dispense into the recycle bin but nonetheless we 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 do recycle here so well that's good to know well well for me uh my and another thing is uh something that a friend of mine had sent to me uh today 
uh, which <laughs> it's I got to admit, it's a little bit on the janky side, but it's still worthwhile. <laughs> um, it's it's Van Halen's Fair Warning album with all of the vocals removed. Now, the, the title of the video falsely claims that these are instrumental tracks. They are not. You can hear the faint shadow of David Lee Roth's vocals in the mm. background. They they did some sort of mixing software off of Chicanery. whatever. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, granted, I mean, with some of the options out there now, you can remove parts of tracks and, you know, get to the what would be like the stems or the individual tracks of a recording now, you know, it, it, to a decent degree. But with I, I think there's limits, of course, and of course I don't know how, who did this, but it is rather interesting. And uh, I will I will actually go one further. I'll throw a bonus in here because there is a uh, there is I found on YouTube. It came across my stream, and it was a a recording of of Van Halen recording Jamie's crying, but it's the room mics mm. in and apparently like in the live room where they recorded the song so you hear drums bass guitar there's no vocals they were just doing like rhythm beds and whatever and oh my gosh just the sound of the band and i think that's actually kind of the the interesting thing about removing diamond dave's vocals Mm -hmm. is you hear just how tight of a unit musically and instrumentally van halen was Mm. um and not just eddie because it's so easy to give eddie a a ton of credit and and god knows he was deserving of it but it's tough to it's easy to to minimize michael anthony and and even alex who i i would have to say is not one of my favorite rock drummers but he has his moments and 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 damn when you have when you have a powerhouse like eddie van halen in, in the band yeah that's all you need is you just need to have a couple moments <laughs> yeah otherwise just don't f it up that's you know that's your job um so it's, it's kind of interesting to listen to these songs without david lee roth however i will come to the defense of diamond dave and say it also makes you appreciate like the way that he sang using my air quotes um, and, and, and structured his melodies to kind of sound different. Like there is a unique sound to Van Halen, uh, you know, the, the Roth era Van Halen. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting to kind of see the two sides of that. Cause it does make you appreciate like, Oh wow, he did actually bring something there. So even though you're thinking like, Oh, I'm going to get rid of Dave's vocals and be great. Yeah. It does make you appreciate like, Oh Wow. His vocals did make this band sound different because they did. His vocals did not, you know, mirror other mm. bands' vocal melodies and 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 ways of singing. I mean, if I were writing, if if someone sat the lyrics down and gave me the music and said, "Just come up with something," I I guarantee you, as someone who's who's sung for a, quite a while now, I wouldn't have come up with what he did. Yeah, yeah, and it would sound probably very generic. You know, compared to what he did. So, I mean, hey, credit to credit all the way around. It just, if if nothing else, it gives you a, a deeper appreciation of what all the members of the band brought to, you know, brought to the table and 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 really created something very unique. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. That being said, I'll still take I'll still take Van Hagar. That's just me. Amen and amen. <laughs> 
Well, thank you very much, everybody, for uh, sticking around and uh, you know listening to our, our jibber-jabbering um, as uh, the man they call Tim finishes up, what, his fifth double of the evening? Yeah, he, he, he shut off as because the, the bottle's empty. That's why he the shut off. The bottle's up. not empty. Come on now. <laughs> That's all, I know it's it's only half full. Um, so uh, thank you very much for tuning in and for listening. We do certainly appreciate it. Uh, if you are a member of the Free Range Idiocy Congregation, thank you very much. Feel free to pass a collection blade uh, uh, wherever you're at. And then just keep the money because, I mean, you know, we're so used to not making money off of this. It would be weird if we did. Um, if you're not a member of the Free uh, Range Idiocy Congregation, what you got to do is you got to join by following us uh, and you can do that you can go to freerangeadc.com and you can find all of our podcast episodes there download them one at a time download the whole thing subscribe right there through the podbean app or you can find us on the podcast purveyor of your choice just to name a few we're on apple Podcasts. we are on uh spotify we are on pandora we are on uh whatever the hell alexa amazon calls their podcast service like the worst branded podcast service ever the um, aps amazon yeah. podcast service is that what it's called no i'm just making that up see even that would be better Almost sounds like the Acolyte Protection Agency, the APA. Oh, that'd be bam, 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 bam. Right. Um, and, uh, and of course, we're on uh, Google Podcasts and many more. So just mm. go ahead and search for us. You'll find us. Uh, if you'd also like to follow us on the social medias, you can find us on Facebook. We are on the Instagram. We're also on the YouTubes, ladies and gentlemen. And there you can find full episodes as well. So if you want another way to subscribe and you don't, particularly want another app in your life uh you can go right to the youtubes and subscribe to us there and get all of your episodes there as well um if you have any questions thoughts concerns or any suggestions for a show idea you know we're going to run out of ideas sooner or later i mean idiot idiocy is right there in the show we only have so many we had 146 (laughs) (laughs) we've been we've been working this one trick pony for 146 episodes eventually it's just going to die in the middle of the desert so uh, feel free to send all of those thoughts and uh and ideas to tim at freerangeedc.com he'll get back to you forthwith if not sooner and now ladies and gentlemen it is time for me to stop flapping my gums and to hand this over to the less idiotic of the two idiots who run this show uh ladies and gentlemen uh the first question ever uh, but not before asking the second most important question of all human history the first of course being what is hip the second being what in the hell did we learn this episode we have learned the following my friend ah good uh we have learned that even though we've had a bit of a sabbatical from uh putting out some some content uh the man they call tim's team is uh suffering in a purgatory that is only unleashed upon by uncle todd in terms of staying 500 even steven all the way and given how the scores are shaping up for tonight it is going to be five five and one going into tomorrow morning but i remain hopeful that my team will rise above 500 and uh you know tell uncle todd no no he will do better you know, uh, you remember, you remember in Aladdin, you know, yes. the original animated version, the good version, yes. uh, when, you know, at the very end, it's like, Jafar, Jafar, he's our man. If he can't do it, God, <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel when you start talking about your team. Just, oh, we're going uh, to get back to 500. Like, yeah, we are going to rise above and be You're above rise of status quo. <laughs> Uh, we are excited for both Mando and Dune. Rise tube. above my ass. What are you going to rise above? That could have been anyone's ass. Um, we are excited and bullish. Did you see on how Dune. the left cheek was slightly bigger than the right cheek? I don't know. That's you were because paying he, more attention. 
That's because he likes to lean that way, so that, that cheek has developed more musculature. Oh, God. Now you're just developing gotta, a narrative about this. What you got to do is you got to find someone who's left-footed or oh, someone God. who has an injury to their right and they're compensating with their left, which would be the man called Tim. Because I remember after that rock bottom, he landed on his right side... Therefore, he's favoring that side, Your Honor. That was the man they called him who <laughs> urinated on Mrs. Fitz Fitzpatrick's jitsu. Are you done? <laughs> yeah, just about. All right. All right. We have also uh, learned that uh, Uncle Todd and man they called him are bullish on Dune 2 uh, coming March 2024 and Mando Season 4, which is coming at some point in 2025, apparently. Uh, we've also learned that uh, man they call Tim and Uncle Todd will remain to agree, uh, well, will agree to disagree on Loki season two and how it ended. Uh, man they call Tim is satisfied with the ending, and Uncle Todd, we have learned, is left wanting, which he does not like to be left. Yeah, Ira. All right. And uh, finally, we have learned that uh, in this contest, uh, even though Uncle Todd was victorious in Ahsoka, it is the man they call Tim this time around with the victorious victory, glorious and all, and not burdened by purpose in any way, shape, or form. I declare shenanigans. Another bottle of boyden. Uh, all well, why not? You only had half a bottle tonight. I did. I did. I had half a. Well, it's kind of a mini bottle, if you will. You might as well put a straw in that some bitch. <laughs> well, you know, why? It's, it's it's literally that Steve Austin. I'm gonna have a beer. I'm gonna have another beer. Three beers. Four beers. Five beers. Just give me a sauce, a straw, son. <laughs> Little snug. All right. Uh, with all that being said, we thank you, as uh, always, for the listenership. And as we like to close things out here on the range, be safe, be healthy, be kind, be good to one another. And, well, you can't go home, or you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Todd's almost fallen over. Not because a spider has fallen from the ceiling, but because... <laughs> you know, you can't go home. But what you can do is you can poop your pants in the but, back seat of your car. But Bill Moody. <laughs> Bill Moody. Oh, but we thank you again. And uh, the range, ladies and gentlemen, is. I closed. love how when you when you mess that up, you just you're like, I'm just gonna back up and try again. <laughs> like nobody's gonna That's notice. That's right. Just thank thank the peoples for listening. We appreciate it. I'm showing some appreciation, sir. I like to thank you all as I'm sitting here in a puddle of my own urine. <laughs> and this is Fitzpatrick's Chitsu. <laughs> I sat on him. I was wondering why my seat was so lumpy. Oh, my God. I got picked the wrong week to quit drinking. I beg your pardon. What did you say? Damn! <laughs> you are such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. I think you've had about enough. Well, I th I think you're wrong, you increasingly attractive-looking woman. You know, you're you're really pretty. Oh, stop. No, I'm I'm serious. You could you could be in magazines. You you could. You can, and, and not just like jugs or or creamsicle. <coughs> call me. She won't call. Get out. And don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. 
Oh, here's a pleasant sight. Cirrhosis the Wonder Dog. I'm, I'm not drunk, all right? I just have a speech impediment. <laughs> and a stomach virus. And an inner ear infection. Hey, where's Patrick lately? We haven't heard from Patrick in a while. I don't have him down here in the basement, that's for sure. Okay, well, I didn't know if he was, you know, putting in some extra hours in the, uh, you know, the family basement. Who knows? <laughs> See, now the cure, the, 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 the secret to identifying the ass cheeks is not in the musculature. It's actually the movement. <laughs> oh, God. It's oh, like will it's you like stop? a it's individual like a like a fingerprint. Some ah. people they kind of move to the outside, and others inside, <laughs> and then others they vary in out in out. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, when your uncle Todd complained about getting late, just know that it is he who is dragging this some bitch out. <laughs> I'm just trying to you know just trying to help. Ah, uh, we we do appreciate it. It's entertaining. Now get the hell out of here. <laughs>